Thank you. One more hand for those guys. Wow. Yeah. The only thing that was missing from that was a power kick. You know what I'm saying? You know. <laughs> there it is. There. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. What a wonderful way to kick our service off. Well, we are in our new Christmas series, Songs. And that first song is a song, O Holy Night. And what a powerful, powerful song. And I wanted to share a little bit of the history of that. And the reason I love the fact that that was uh, just a musical presentation, because uh, back in the mid-1800s, there was a parish priest and he asked a guy named Placide Capot. The guy, now the, the difference is this guy was a wonderful poet, but he was not a believer in Jesus. Matter of fact, he was known as the town hellraiser, but he could write some poems. <laughs> and so, so the, the parish priest said, I want you to take Luke chapter 2, and I want you to write a poem. And Placide took that, he wrote the poem, and he loved the poem so much he found another one of his Hellraiser friends to put music to it. And it took off like lightning throughout the church, especially the Catholic church. It just took off. And they were playing it, everybody's playing it, and then they found out who wrote it. But it was already too late. <laughs> they found out who wrote it, and they said, we have to put a stop to this song. But it was already just everywhere. And so then in 1906, there was a Canadian professor, and it's actually the beginning of talk radio. And uh, in 1906, this professor, he, he, he is sending information out over the airways. There were like little doot, 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 doot. But the first time ever, he's able to say, and the first thing that was ever spoken on talk radio was Luke chapter 2. So he starts to read Luke chapter 2. Then when he finishes, he picks up his violin, and the first song ever played on AM radio was O Holy Night. And, uh, and, 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 it, and, of course, everyone who was listening just absolutely loved it. There were ships that were coming across from Europe, and they got to hear this song, and they got to experience it. And I just thought, how cool is it that, that even today, here it is, you know, hundreds of years later for us, and for us, you know, at least a hundred years uh, for us, this song was written in the mid-1800s, and then we find ourselves now listening to another beautiful rendition of the song, O Holy Night. So, just powerful, and to think that the first words spoken were, in the days of Caesar Augustus, he issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman Empire. And then, I thought we would take a moment today because this just so happens to be my absolute favorite Christmas song because there's a few lyrics in there that really tell the story of my life. And, uh, and so as we, as we see this, I wanted to read it. It says, O holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Fall on your knees, O oh, hear the angel voices, O oh, night divine, 
O night when Christ was born. As I, as, I, as I think about that song and I think about this guy, Placide, who read Luke chapter 2, and as he read Luke chapter 2, he began to write these lyrics. Someone who didn't even really have a relationship with Christ at the time, but he reads this story and he begins to experience and he begins to write these amazing words. When you think about that, when you think about, oh, holy night. But, but I think that sometimes the nativity scene doesn't do justice what was happening you know, we've, we've made the nativity seem very pretty. But the truth of the matter is, it, while it was a holy night, it was not a silent night. Because think about it. You have a young girl who has just traveled 80 to 120 miles on the back of a donkey nine months pregnant. I'm sure she had a couple complaints. <laughs> Rightly so right nobody's gonna hold that from her right then she gets there there's no place to stay they put her in a barn there wasn't a hospital there wasn't a midwife there wasn't any of these things happening and then it's time no then it's time to give birth they don't know what's going on they just know it's time to give birth and then they give birth to a baby in a stable and they place him in a manger and as you think about that, you start to think about all of the struggles and how sometimes, sometimes I think that we make the life of a believer unbelievable. As if it's, there's no struggle. As if you come to know Jesus and then we all just float on clouds till he comes to get us. You know, all your bills are paid, don't even have to go to work. You know, every boss is just A1. No fights in the house. Children do everything their mothers say. And then say, Mommy, what else can I do? <laughs> right? Mommy just takes Calgon baths. Right? With scented candles that never run out. It's not the way the world works. And so when you think about it, you think about this experience, you think about this and, and I want us to, to realize that, that the Christian life, that the life of a follower of Christ is not an easy life, but it's a life that can be peace in the midst of chaos. There can be beauty in the midst of struggle. While it may be brutal, it's also beautiful. While sometimes it may be awful, it's also awesome. And so for us, as we think about that, there's two words. Uh, the, the first sentence in the song that always captures me is long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and i can never say and the soul i always sing my soul and my soul felt its worth i remember the first time that i heard this song as a believer george shelton was singing it in um he was singing this song in uh, at calvary assembly of god and i remember just freshly saved i had just been saved maybe well, let's see, April, so it's, it's now probably December. Just saved a few months. And he sang those words. Then he appeared, and my soul felt its worth. I just began to weep. Because finally I understood, long lay the world in sin and air pining, till he appeared, and my soul felt its worth. I didn't hear him say the soul, I heard him say my soul. And ever since that time, I've never listened to that song the same. 
And then, and then right after that, it reminds me of something that describes our world, something that describes some of you in this room today, some, some of us in this room today. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. There are some folks that I know you're weary. You've been struggling, there's no doubt about it. Those two worlds absolutely describe our experience. Anxiety, depression, fear, worry, the economy, relationships are messed up, diseases, right? All these different things, families are struggling, and we get weary. We're fighting just to stay above water sometimes, right? The old song, keeping our head above water and making a wave when we can. The weary world. But what I love is just before it. A thrill of hope. You see, even in our weariness, there's still the thrill of hope because with God, nothing is impossible. All things are possible. All things. And so even in our weariness, there's a thrill of hope. Another one of my favorite songs we're going to sing uh, on December 22nd, and we're also going to sing it at Christmas Eve, is a song called Unspeakable Joy. It says, it rises in my soul, and it just won't let me go. And that's what Jesus does. He, he raises something up in us. There's a thrill of hope as the weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. My Bible teaches me that my God's mercies are new every morning. Every morning. Every morning. And so we learn to, to find that hope in the midst of chaos. In the midst of this old holy night, we begin to put our faith in Jesus, the Messiah, because they told us, I have good news of great joy for all. Everybody say all. All, all people. All people. That includes me and you. And so when we think about this, I think about how God knows that we're in a weary world. But he also knows that we can experience the thrill of joy inside this weary world. And we can rejoice. But before we can rejoice, we have to fall on our knees. And what that means is we just have to admit, God, I can't do it without you. Amen. You know, a lot of times people wonder when you raise your hands, why do you raise your hand? That's just surrender, man. I, God, it's yours. I give it to you. I surrender to you, God. And sometimes when you do that, you find yourself right in the midst of a personal revival where God begins to breathe life and that thrill of hope begins to overtake each one of us. We think about the Savior on a new and glorious morn. Think about this as, as, we, as we unpack this story this morning. There were 400 silent years between Malachi and Matthew. 400 years that's longer than america's been in existence and the people hadn't heard they knew a messiah was coming they knew that the savior was coming they just didn't know how long and then quiet and some of you have been waiting in this room for a word from god and it feels like 400 years can the church say amen, amen. and then what happens is yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. We fall on our knees and we hear 
the angel voices. And we remind ourselves that all of a sudden in Jerusalem, there's a buzz. Something has happened. Something has taken place. A promise that we've been waiting on. The thrill of hope begins to well up inside of us. And this morning I want to read from Lamentations. I well remember them and my soul is downcast within me. Yet this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. Because the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, now listen, there are going to be times that you have to say it to yourself because no one else is going to say it to you. You have to say to yourself, remind yourself of what God is doing in you. The Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. I'm not going to get ahead of him. I'm not going to trust in some other God or an easy way out. I'm waiting for God. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him. To the, to the one who seeks him, it is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. May the Lord add his blessing on his word. Here's what I want us to leave today. I want us to leave today highly encouraged. And I want us the next time we listen to this song, I want us to think about how good God has been to us. And I want us to remind ourselves that there's a thrill of hope, even in the midst of your deep struggle. And nobody here knows what's going on in my life, and I don't know what's going on in your life, but God does. So as we think about this, we think about this new and glorious morn and what a new day brings. What does Christ bring in this new day? Well, let me tell you, the first thing he brings exactly what you need. Now, did I say what you want? I said what you need. There's a difference between what you want and what you need. And sometimes what you want definitely is not what you need. And God knows more than you do. And so he gives you exactly what you need. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion and therefore I will wait on him. You see, he says, I want to provide manna. Now, many of us who understand the Old Testament understand that God provided manna, but only for that day. And if you tried to keep manna to store it up because you didn't trust in the Lord, the Bible says it would rot. And it'd be full of worms before the next morning. Because you were supposed to go out and collect it. You were supposed to go out and commune the same way you and I are supposed to connect with God on a daily basis. Not out of obligation, but out of an opportunity to let that well up inside of you. So you go to the Lord for your daily bread. And he gives you what you need, not what you want, because so many of us are looking for security, and the only security we're going to find is the security that's found in Christ and Christ alone. But we try and find us, so I'm going to keep a little back. And then what God says is, no, 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 you keep it back, and it rots. Let, come and see me. Well, I'm going I'm to get Sunday in. But by Monday, it's rotted. you got to talk to the Lord on Monday and Tuesday, and Wednesday, and Thursday, and Friday, and Saturday. You've got to call upon the name of the Lord. Sunday is not enough. 
Give us this day. The Lord is exactly what you need. Your marriage, it's exactly what God will give you. But you've got to seek God for it. It frustrates me to no end when someone asks me, Pastor Mike, my, my, my husband and I are struggling, my wife and I are struggling, and then I tell them, well, let me give you, have you read Ephesians 5? Oh yeah, we already did that. Have you done love and respect? Oh yeah, we've already done that. I've done loved and respected her enough. <laughs> have you done the five love languages? We did ten love languages. <laughs> I say, well, try again. Because maybe your heart wasn't right. It's not that it doesn't work. It's that Merry Christmas. Right? What happens is if you don't do it with the right heart, if you don't do it with the right, if you do it with the wrong motive, you're not going to get. And that's what James says. You know, the Bible always says, you know, I can ask for anything in, in the Lord's name. So, Lord, give me a Lamborghini. He says, but you don't have it because you asked with the wrong motive that you might spend what you get in foolish ways. So sometimes we need it. We're not ready. And it's okay. Let God put that thrill of hope in you. Maybe you weren't ready that time, but try it again. Maybe she wasn't ready. Maybe he wasn't ready. But now, maybe they are. we got to try. Our children, I give up on my kids. You can't give up on your child. Did God give up on you? You can't give up on that. Now, I'm not telling you you got you to gotta celebrate. And I'm not telling you that you've got to rubber stamp every bad thing they do. No. But ultimately, you can't quit on them. You need to pray for them like a boss. You know what I'm saying? You need to pray for them and pray for them. And even when they tell you, Mama, don't pray for me. Daddy, don't pray for me. You say, I'm just going to pray more. Every time you ask me not to, I'm going to say 10 prayers. It keeps getting worse for me, Mama. Good. Because exactly there's going to be a time when you need God and until you hit rock bottom, it ain't going to happen. So I'm praying rock bottom on you. Don't do it, Mama. I'm doing it. Can't change my mind. The Lord gives us what we, when, when we are weak. He wants to give us strength, but the Bible says it's in our weakness that his strength is made perfect. Sometimes you just got to admit, I don't got this, but you do, God. When you're lost, and maybe you're lost in your faith, or maybe you're struggling, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and you're not the only disciple to ever get lost. Even Thomas said, what are we going to do? We don't know where, how to get to you, and he's like, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. But Lord, we don't know where you're going. He said, you know exactly where I'm going because I told you that I'm preparing a place for you. When you're hurting, he wants to give you comfort. When you're broken, he wants to repair you. But how many people know when you touch something that's broken, it hurts? Sometimes it's got to be set in order for it to go right. The second thing God wants to give you is he wants to give you the hope to keep going. That's what today's message is about. The hope, the thrill of hope. He wants to give you hope just to keep going. 
There's an old, uh, I, it, this time of year, all the old claymation Christmas uh, stuff comes out, and I watch it. I'm just like a little kid in front of, you know, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, and you know Santa Claus is coming, all these different, so yes, I like Santa, he's not Satan. And so, yeah, so, you know, and I, they're like, just changed again, and it's Satan Claus. Help me, Jesus. You know what I'm saying. Saint Nick, there wouldn't be a Saint Nick if there wasn't a Jesus. And that's just the truth because it was Saint Nick. Just do the research. I'm not even going to bother with it. But there's an old song and, and the one guy he just sings, put one foot in front of the other. Y'all remember that? And soon you'll be. Yes, that's it. You remember this and, and that's sometimes all God wants you to do is just put one foot in front of the other and soon you'll be walking out the door and sometimes that's what's what we need to do and God just says just put one foot in front of the other just put one foot even if you can't see Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said even if you don't see the staircase take the step take the step and that's what God just wants to give you the hope it says the Lord is good to those whose hope is in him to the one who seeks him you and I've got to learn to seek God you see, we seek all these other issues. You got a problem, you go to Google. No, go to God. Amen. You know what I mean? First off, if you're ever sick, do not go to Google or you're going to have everything. You know what I'm saying? My wife doesn't let me because she knows I've been dying for many, many years. Many, many years. So she know, one time I read Reader's Digest and, and, she, and I told her I had Lou Gehrig's disease. She made me go to counseling. It's the truth. She really did. Because I, I told her, I got tumors all up in here, girl. Then when I turned out, I had those blood clots. I said, I told you I had stuff all up in here. She said, but were there tumors? No. <laughs> it was 15 years, you know. She'd been dealing with me that long. But the truth of the matter is, is that, is that we've got to learn to put our hope in God. And our trust in God. We need to stop Googling stuff and start calling on God. If you want to Google something, Google what the Bible says about your problem. Because that will help you. You think about it. Think about it. The hope that we need. It's in Christ. Some of us feel like we're drowning. And I don't know if you've ever tried to hold your breath as long as you possibly can underwater. And, you know, you're trying to hold your breath and you're holding your breath and you're thinking, I'm going to beat my record. I'm going to beat my record. And then all of a sudden your need for air <laughs> kills that record. You know, you come up out of there. Sometimes I feel like that's the way we are in our relationship. I'm not going to ask God. I'm not going to ask God. I'm not going to ask God. And then finally, I got to ask God. <laughs> but the good news is he's always there. Amen. There's nothing that you can do to make him not be there. I want you to put your hope around that. You know, some people say, I'm not going to call on God because I've done this and I've done that and I don't deserve it. You didn't deserve it when he sent his son in the first place. That's my life verse. So learn how to let that hope well up. If you're hoping in the stock market, don't put your hope in that. I was in Houston when Enron crashed and people started killing themselves. We were finding people dead everywhere. People are shooting, each, shooting themselves in the head and jumping out of airplanes. I mean, not airplanes, jumping out of, they probably could have been, but they were jumping out of buildings because their money was gone. 
Like, what? That's it? That's all it took? Because your hope is in something other than God. And the fact that it was God who gave you the ability to produce wealth in the first place. If he gave it to you once, why can't he give it to you again? And maybe this time you'll learn who he is. Put our hope in our company and then we lose our job. And then we lose our faith because we lost our job. What? Who gave you the job in the first place? And maybe he's given you a better job. And maybe you got to wait for a while to get that job. But ultimately, it was an answer to prayer. We put our hope in a person, and then they fail us. Some of us lose our faith because someone who was a person of faith turned out to be inauthentic. Guys, you've got to put your hope in Jesus and in Jesus alone. No man, no woman can make me lose my faith in God. Please. Just because they couldn't do it doesn't mean God can't. And doesn't mean God can't restore them. We just have to put our outcome in the one who births hope in us. And learn to try again. And like I said, maybe your heart wasn't ready that time, but maybe it is today. So you trust. We do our best. We already know it's not going to be perfect. It's not going to be the VeggieTales nativity scene. Which I almost bought the other day, because it was kind of cool. Like, I really need this, you know? But think about this. This is what, what Hebrews says. It says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. Is faithful. Even when your faith less he is faithful. Isn't that good news? That God's faithfulness isn't dependent on your faithfulness. His faithfulness is true all the time. So we learn to put our hope in God. We learn to trust Him. We learn to grab a hold of hope and let go of fears. We learn to let go of fears and hold on to hope. Even in the midst, even when the doctor says it's not going to work out. I know a lady once, the doctor told her 22 years before she died, she, was going, she had two months to live. 22 years later, she finally went home to be with the Lord. It's the Lord who decides. It's the Lord who decides. Nobody, has, nobody can tell you those days, only God. And, then, and the good news is, is she beat that cancer. You know why? Because cancer doesn't exist in heaven. And her cancer had an expiration date. And she don't have cancer anymore. You see, that's the hope that we have that only is born through Jesus. Only through Jesus. No one else. And so the final thing I want you to see, the help you're seeking. Jesus is the help you're seeking. That new day that he brings brings about the hope that you're seeking. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Wait for it. It's amazing what one day can, can do. I remember when he changed my life. It was impossible. My own family had given up on me. My own mother said she only had one son. And she has two, by the way. And <laughs>
It was hopeless. Nobody believed. Nobody but Jesus. <clears throat> I even thought I had wrecked it. I even thought I had ruined it. All the awful things that I had done, all the ways I had lived, I thought, that's it for me. And then I hear a message and a thrill of hope for my weary world began to well up. And on one day, he changed my life. And then you know what I did? I just started putting one foot in front of the other. Was I perfect? Not by a long shot. I was being perfected. And today, guess what? 30 years later, I'm still being perfected. And now, you know what I'm still doing? Putting one foot in front of the other. That's what we have. That's the hope. It's amazing what a day, what a decision can bring. I didn't know what the next day held. I was still jobless when I woke up the next morning. I was still struggling when I woke up the next morning. But God, but God, he provided. Think about it. Lazarus was dead for four days. His family gave up hope and said, oh yeah, that's in the resurrection. He said, I am the resurrection. I am the resurrection. The woman with the issue of blood. When she touched the ship, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, she touches the hem of his garment and power leaves Jesus. All these other people were touching Jesus, but he said, wait, power has left me. And her trembling with fear, thinking, oh my God, I made him unclean. I did this. And he looks at her and says, daughter, your faith has healed you. She waited 12 years. The doctor said it couldn't work out. See, if I could sing, I'd be busting out into no ordinary worship right now. But I can't sing, so it's all right. I'll just sing in my heart. I'll hum it. That, that man, for 38 years, he stayed by that pool. 38 years. People knew it. And Jesus comes up and asks him a question. And he starts telling him all the reasons why he's in the position. And Jesus is like, I didn't, I didn't ask you that. I didn't ask you how you got here. I just want to know, do you want to be well? And it almost seems like a silly question, doesn't it? But sometimes Jesus wants to know, do you want to be well? Some of us love wallowing in our suffering. You know what I'm saying? Oh, poor me. Right? And then Jesus comes along and says, do you want to be well? And the dude's like, yeah. He's like, okay, then pick up your mat and walk. He's like, okay. <laughs> I didn't know it was that easy if I'd have known this 38 years ago. Right? If I knew it 38 years ago, I would have done it. And then what's the first thing somebody says? Hey, he can't do that for you. Right? What are you doing carrying your mat? Don't you know it's a Sabbath? Dude's like, listen, all I know is the dude said, pick up your mat. Nobody else would help me but him, so I'm going to go ahead and go with him. Y'all do what you need. Throw me out of the synagogue. Do whatever you need to do, but I'm going to be over here walking. I've been laying over there for 38 years, and you stepped over me on a regular basis. Jesus comes and heals me, tells me, pick up my mat. Who you think I'm listening to? You're going to listen to somebody else who says, aren't you that person, or you did this, or you did that, or you're never going to change. And all those different words, they've never experienced the thrill of hope. One thing all those people had in common, an encounter with Jesus. An encounter with Jesus, all made possible by a holy night. 
when the stars were brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and erupine till he appeared and my soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Fall on your knees, oh hear the angels' voices, O oh, night divine. I'm here to tell you don't lose hope. The hope that you profess is good, it's sincere, it's true, it's real, and it's yours. What I know is somebody needs to hear that. Somebody needs to hear that simple truth. That hope is for you. Not for, not for your neighbor or someone, if it's for you. Not for someone who hasn't done as much as you've done. Or not done as much as you've done. It's for you. It's now. It's right here. And yeah, maybe it's dark. Maybe it's dark. But what I know is Jesus is the light of the world. And I'm not telling you something that I haven't lived. I'm not telling you something that I haven't experienced myself. Sometimes when I think back, it seems like a different life. The hopelessness, the darkness. I look back and I say, man, how did I live that way? No wonder I tried to end my life multiple times. But then, Jesus, he made me believe that I could be forgiven. I never was afraid of hell. And that's, I'm still not afraid of hell, even though it's kind of scary. But I never was because I was living in hell. Apart from God, the only difference is I still had a chance because I was breathing. And Jesus still loved me, even while I was yet a sinner. And then that thrill of hope began to well up inside my weary soul. The hour has come. This is what Romans says. The hour has come for you to wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over and the day is almost here. And that's not just for Christians. That's for all of us. Anyone who's ready to come in the right relationship with Jesus. The author of this hymn, he didn't know Jesus. But he sure wrote some divine truth, didn't he? What about you? When you sing this song, is it just another Christmas carol? I don't know about you, but when I was growing up, I grew up in the city, and you could literally go around and sing Christmas carols and make money. We would go around with a bunch of us. Now, I told you I can't sing, but I once got paid. So does that make me a professional? I'm just wondering, am I a professional singer? People paid me. Hundreds of people paid me. Thank you, Lord. And mercy on me even when I didn't deserve it. But we'd go around and we'd sing, you know, and then they'd put little coins in your, you know, and we would, you know, walk around with a little change full of that. But when you're singing those songs, you really don't know. And now when you start to sing, you realize they're worship songs. Oh, Holy Night is a worship song. Oh, Come All Ye Faithful is a worship song. Silent Night is a worship song. You start to understand there's something different. 
And so the lyrics are no longer just words to you, but they're your life. You're singing a story. Long lay the world in sin and air pining till he appeared. And my soul felt its worth. Did you know that Jesus came to give strength to your weary soul? And the coolest thing is all you have to do is fall on your knees. That's it. You know the first fruit of belief is repentance. And you know what repentance is? It's just simply saying, God, I need you. I can't do this without you. My way was not the right way. And your way is. And I agree with you. And then what happens is the one who is perfect applies his perfection to you. And then he gives you the gift of the Holy Spirit, who then comes in and does what a big word called sanctifying. But he actually just perfects you daily. And you're not perfect, you're what? And you know what you need? Your daily bread. So you know what I do in the morning and at night? In the morning, I repent. And at night, I repent. I say, God, if there's anything that I've done, omission, commission. If it's commission, I tell them what I did. Lord, you know what I did. But I'm going to tell you anyway because it's good for my soul. Confession's good for my soul. God, you know what I did. You know how I felt. You know the way I behaved. But God, if I did something that was displeased, just show it to me so I don't do it again. Because I'm being perfected. I, I need your help. And you know what that does? It lets me know he still loves me. And you know what happens? I try not to do it again. And if I do it again, you know what I do? I go back and I ask for forgiveness again and again and again and again. Because my Bible says that he takes my sin and throws it into a sea of forgetfulness. Never brings it up in my face again. But the enemy of my soul accuses me daily. That's what the Bible says. He accuses us daily. But it also says that Jesus advocates for us daily. So every time they say, oh, he's, she's not perfect. He's not perfect. He's not. Say, yes, but I am and I applied that to their life. They repented of that before they get it out of my mouth. Yeah, but he was, he was driving and then, yeah, but he repented. Sorry, case closed. <laughs> dismissed, 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 right? And then what happens? We start to get that thrill of hope inside of us. I want to invite you to have a oh holy morning when the sun is brightly shining. Because of Jesus. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, we love you. We thank you for this day and the opportunity we have to be here. Thank you for all these precious people that you've brought to this place. And God, I just pray right now that you'll speak to each and every heart. And God, we know beyond the shadow of a doubt that you love us. And God, for those that are maybe thinking this message wasn't for them, now they know it is for them. And for those thinking, maybe Jesus didn't come for me, now they know that you did come for them. And I pray that they'll just trust. God, there's some folks with some weary souls in here. And God, I pray that a thrill of hope will begin to well up inside of them. Not because of me, not because of, of anything, but because of you. And God, if my story helps them a little bit, then that's awesome. Because God, I, I, I don't know what I'd do without you would be hopeless and helpless but with you God you're my hope and you're my help and I know life's not easy but with you but with you 
all things are possible. If you're here today and you say, you know what? I just need Jesus, man. I just need Jesus. I need him more than my next breath. I need him more than my next heartbeat. If that's you this morning, will you just slip your hand up high in the air and say, that's just me. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. I just need Jesus. Yes. Thank you. I just need Jesus. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. You guys may place your hands down. Everyone within the sound of my voice, we're just going to pray this simple prayer from your heart to God. What I love about the gift of prayer, it's literally just talking to God. We're just going to say it from our heart. We just say, Jesus, thank you. Thank you that you came to this world for me. Father God, thank you that you sent your son Jesus for me. I believe and therefore I repent. My way of living is not the right way, but your way is. So I ask you to forgive me. Holy Spirit, come and live in me. Help me to walk in newness of life. Help me to understand that I'm not going to be perfect, but I am being perfected. And I'll run to you every day for my daily bread. It's in Jesus' name that I pray these prayers. And the church said, Amen. Amen. Can you give the Lord a great hand clap today? What an amazing God He is. He is truly, truly amazing. If you said,